Well, man, it's great to see everybody. And uh, I was um, I was aware about the the duck. I was not aware about the chicken, and I definitely was not aware about the the, the bacon. I mean, that that sounds like a crazy, crazy feast right there. Only in America do we kind of come up with stuff like that, right? Make it even even crazy, even wilder. But uh, again, welcome this morning. If you're visiting with us, it's great to have you here. Uh, we uh, hope that you feel at home. We hope that you feel part of our family, and we're really very encouraged that you're with us this morning. And I'm just very encouraged to be able to be uh, be able to be with you here, be the San Gabriel Valley uh, Ministry, uh, be able to preach in English, and uh, to be able to finish our series on follow. And I know this is our seventh uh, lesson that we've had on follow, and and it's been a really a great time being able to learn together, uh, really about this theme about following Jesus and going back to instances in the New Testament where Jesus specifically asked people to follow him and what that meant to each individual and how that. You know, applies to us today. I know that's been very encouraging for me. Hopefully, it's been encouraging to you. So, just in a couple of minutes here, I want to resume a little bit what we've done together these past six weeks as we studied this series on follow. If you remember a little bit, we've learned a couple of things. One of the things we've learned is that everybody is invited to follow. And I think that that's you know something that you see in the New Testament. All kinds of different people. Follow Jesus, religious, irreligious, wealthy, not wealthy, uh, people that were, you know, considered uh, 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 extreme sinners. Uh, follow Jesus, and so I think it was, it's it's an, it's an invitation for everybody, and obviously it's an invitation for all of us here this morning. Amen. The other thing that we learned that it's an invitation to a relationship. It's not about rules. It's not about a religion. It's not about a. Uh, a, a list of things that we need to do. It's about a relationship with Jesus. So Jesus first asked us to come and to join Him, to follow Him. Even before He asks us to do certain things or calls us to do certain things or to change different things. It's not about you changing then following Jesus. It's about making that decision to follow Jesus. Amen? Amen. One of the cool things that we learned is being a sinner is a prerequisite. And so that's good for us, right? That's good news. And, and it's just amazing, even tax collectors, even people like Matthew were asked to follow Jesus. Another thing that, that is pretty good news is that, hey, having doubts is a prerequisite. And we're able to learn that even some of Jesus' closest followers, up to the point when he was crucified, doubted. Even after his resurrection, if we see right before the Great Commission, it says that some of them doubted. And so... Doubt is really not something that should stop us from deciding to follow Jesus. Another thing that we learned is that the goal of following Jesus is overwhelming faith. Is having a faith that overcomes difficult times. That overcomes challenging times. Because as you and I know, uh, you know, us following Jesus is about us following Him while we were here on earth. And on earth, we are going to have trouble. Amen? But Jesus says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so you and I can have a faith to face those difficult times, to face those tough times in our lives. Another thing that we learned was that followers dress alike. Now, is that what you think? We all kind of have to wear the same uniform, right? It's about putting on the, uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit, amen? Okay. Putting on the fruit of the Spirit and making sure that we're dressed appropriately and that we are really representing Christ in the right way by the way that we are uh, uh, living out the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. Amen? 
Another thing that we learned is that following Jesus will eventually cost us. There is a cost to following Jesus. Uh, there are decisions that we're going to have to make. There are changes that we will have to make. Amen? And that shouldn't stop us or dissuade us, but it is part of the call of following Jesus. Amen? So today we're going to be talking about following and really closing out the series here together. And uh, all of us here, if you're a follower of Jesus, have reached a moment in your life when you have been tempted to hit the unfollow button. To maybe stop following Jesus. To decide not to continue. To decide not to keep going spiritually. And really... Before you do so, before you make that decision, hopefully today's lesson will give us a question that each one of us needs to ask because it's a very important question. Before you hit that unfollow button, before you decide not to follow Jesus, there's an important question that we learn from the Scriptures that it's important that we ask ourselves before we make that decision. We're going to find that in the book of John, John chapter 6. So uh, you can either turn with me in your Bible to John chapter 6 or you can read in the screen here. Uh, together, uh, but I'm going to give you a little context of what's going on right here. Basically, Jesus uh, recently uh, uh, performed an incredible miracle. We fed the 5,000. And uh, people were so amazed and were so amazed by Jesus, by His teaching, by His miracles, that they wanted to make Him king. And so, of course, those that were closer to Him, all the disciples that were near Him, were like, yeah, He needs to be king. And, you know, if He's the king, then that's going to be something good for me, right? And we see Jesus escape the crowd, and He escapes the crowd by going on a boat uh, through the Sea of Galilee, and He ends up in a small town called Capernaum. And He goes into a synagogue there to go preach, and what we find out is that while He's there, he's there preaching, some of the 5,000, some of the people that He had fed, some of the people that, he, that had seen that miracle of the 5,000, actually follow Him over to Capernaum, and they go and they crowd into the synagogue. And they begin to try to go Jesus into a miracle. To try to get Him to do a miracle. And say, hey, you know, Jesus, come on. Hey, remember that thing you did? Why don't you do it again? Can you do that thing? And, and you know, they look over to the, the guys next to them. Hey, watch what Jesus is going to do right now. And they try to go Him into a miracle. And uh, Jesus notices that some of the people that were there with Him, uh, when He fed the 5,000, are actually there now at the, at the synagogue. So He decides to make this a teachable moment. An opportunity to teach. And he begins to talk about, and he says, you know, you guys remember that bread you ate? That physical bread? And some of you guys, you've ate, you, you ate that bread, and guess what? Now you're hungry again. But I am the bread of life, he says. And if you eat this bread, you will never go hungry. And so he begins to go through this and he begins to compare himself to bread. And the disciples are kind of sitting there like, whoa, 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 I mean, this is getting a little bit strange right here. Jesus' sermon is getting a little bit strange. And, and guess what? It gets stranger as well. And, you know, some of the people that are listening, they say, no, no, you're not. You're not the bread of life. We know who you are. We know your parents. You didn't come from heaven. You, you, you were born and you grew up just like us. We know where you're from. And so we have some tension. And Jesus' sermon gets a little bit stranger. And this is what he says in John chapter 6 and verse 54. 
He says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood. And at that time, you know, the people start ushering their children out of the synagogue. <laughs> Has eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. You know, then you can imagine the murmuring in the crowd. And you can imagine the twelve thinking, you know, Jesus, you're losing the crowd. You know, just a little while ago, they're going to make you king. And, you you know, you're saying some weird things right here, Jesus. And he goes on and it says that on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Now, some of his followers say, you know what, this is, this is way, way, way too hard. This is weird. Who can accept this? Not only who can accept it, who wants to be associated with this? You know, losing the crowd had big implications for disciples. And maybe, you know, the disciples were thinking, you know, maybe we just need to pull Jesus aside right here. Say, you know, uh, excuse me a second. Uh, Jesus, can, can we talk to you for a second? Uh, Matthew, can you just fill in, tell some jokes? You know, and, and we're going to pull Jesus to the side. And, you know, Jesus, you're saying some strange things right here. You're, you're losing the crowd. You know, a little while ago, they were going to make you king. And that means that some of us were actually going to be pretty big there in your kingdom. And, and now you're saying all these things. You know, you're, you're losing the crowd. Why don't you tell them a parable? They love your parables. They don't understand them, but they love them. You know, maybe talk about prayer. Oh, I know what? Bring that love thing. I mean, talk, they love it when you talk about love. Just bring that up. Or, you know, blessed are the peacemakers, the cheesemakers. We bring that up. Talk about that again, you know. It's, that's good stuff. You know, the Pharisees are after you. And the crowd is kind of the buffer. They're the ones that are going to, you know, make sure they don't get us. So make sure you don't lose the crowd. Now, this is not a conversation that actually happened. But, you know, something that I'm sure they were thinking. And that you and I would be thinking. When Jesus is right there talking about and teaching these things. Amen? Amen. Now look what happens next. It says, aware his disciples were grumbling about this. Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Does this trip you up? Is this too hard for you? Is this too much? Does this cross the line? And he goes on and says, From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Many of them, the Bible says, hit that unfollow button. And says, you know what, Jesus? Unfollow. I, I, I'm just not going to follow you anymore. This, this is too tough. You know, Jesus, we love the miracles. I mean, the miracles are cool. The teaching, when you were teaching all those nice things and people were coming around. We love the crowd. We love the adulation. We love that we're part of this crew with you. But you know what? This is, this is way too much. We're done. You know, the twelve were listening to Jesus. They were looking at the crowd and the reaction. And now they're looking at some of the disciples, many of them, deciding not to follow and they're thinking, you know, maybe we should, 
hit the unfollow button too. Maybe we can just kind of slink back a little bit, maybe walk back to this column slowly, kind of lean on the column for a little bit. Then maybe kind of sneak out a little bit more towards the door and then sneak out the door and walk out and just keep on going. Because this is getting kind of tough. Things are not going well for Jesus. But you know what's amazing in the scriptures, you see it over and over again, is that Jesus, he actually knew the hearts of men. He knew what people were thinking. And so if Jesus were right here right now, he would know exactly what you were thinking. He knew exactly what you were doing, what's going on in your mind. You know, some of us, we're here, but we're not actually here. You know, so Jesus could look out at the crowd and he could see people looking at him. But he knows, you know what? I know there's something even more behind where your, your look is right now. I know something else is happening. I know something else is going on. And this is what he says. He looks over at the twelve. And he says in verse 67, You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. You're not going to unfollow me as well, right? You're not going to hit that unfollow button too, right? You know, the twelve knew that you can't lie to Jesus. Not because they, it was a sin, but because they knew that Jesus knew the truth anyway. He, I mean, he, he just knew. So it's like, you can't really lie to him. But you know, this is a relevant question for us. You don't want to leave too, do you? You know, for all of us at one time or another, we face a time in our life when we've been tempted to unfollow Jesus. When we've thought about, you know what, this is way too much. You know what, I don't think I can do it. I don't think this is for me. And usually some of these times are times of transition. Times of transition are, are times when a lot of people choose to hit that unfollow button. Maybe when you go from high school to college. Or when you go from college to your first job. And maybe you're surrounded by people that, you know, are new people that really don't care about God. They don't care about church. And you're, you're, you're surrounded by these different people. And, and you're thinking, you know, I, you know maybe I, this Christian thing, I, when I was with my family and, and they went to church, we went to church together, that was cool. But now that I'm in college and, you know, a lot of these people are not doing the same thing I'm doing, you know, maybe... Maybe it's not for me. Maybe it's time for me to hit the unfollow button. You know, the thing about it is that most of us are not going to be tempted to quit following Jesus because you don't think it's not true. Or because we think the gospel is false. Or because we think the Bible is not true. Most of us is because of an issue of inconvenience. Of it becoming difficult. Of it becoming unpopular. Of us feeling isolated and feeling like, hey, we're the only ones. Hey, I'm the only one here in, in campus. Or I'm the only one here in my high school. Or I'm the only one in my job that really goes to church. They're really, I mean, they're, they all look happy. They all look pretty good. I mean, look at them. They're all in better shape than I am. And they have the turducken. I mean, and, and still they look good. And, 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 you know, and they talk about all they did in the weekend. They went mountain biking and they went this and that and... You know, and I don't do all that stuff. And, you know, maybe I, you know, maybe I should just hit the unfollow button. You know, all the rest of the kids, you know, the cool kids, they don't talk about church. 
Maybe I shouldn't go. You know, another reason why people choose to, uh, is not just uh, of issues of, of uh, transition, but also relational. Sometimes a relationship, well, well, he's cute. You know, he doesn't go to church though. He's not a follower, he's not a Christian, and, but he's cuter than all the, all the followers that I know. <laughs> you know, I mean, anybody can become a follower, but not anybody can become cute. And so, I mean, maybe I just just hit the unfollow button and just, you know, hook up with this guy or hook up with this girl and it could be relational. You know, you could think, hey, this is the man of my dreams. This is the woman of my dreams. And, you know, it could be the woman of your nightmare. You know, sometimes it's difficult times. It's tough times. It's times when you think, hey, God, you know, I've been faithful and I, I've done this and, I, and I've been here with you this whole time and, and I'm going through this tough time and I just feel like you're not there with me and what, what good is it for me to be faithful to you if you're not going to be faithful to me? Okay. And you start doubting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've all been in times like that. Mm-hmm. We've all gone through times like that. <laughs> I remember a good friend of mine uh, when I was in college at UCLA said, hey, uh, can I talk to you? I said, sure. I said, no, but I need, we need to have a talk, like a long talk. I said, sure. I said, well, let's go walk around the perimeter of campus. And so we decided to go walk around the perimeter of campus, about four miles. So we decided to walk together and we're just talking. And, and I was just listening to him about what he was going through and what was happening to him. And him, him just saying, you know what? I just think that, that I decided that I don't want to be a disciple anymore. I don't want to be a Christian anymore. Um... And I want, you know, you're my good friend and I want to let you know, you know, that that's the decision that I want to make, that I, I don't want to come to church anymore. And so I was walking with him and I just kind of was, was silent for a little bit. And I, I just told him, I said, well, if that's what you've decided, then that's your decision. You know, you got to live with your decision, but it's your decision. I said, but if you're going to leave God, if you're going to leave the church, do it like a man. Don't sneak out during service and go move all your stuff out of your apartment. And then everybody shows up to your apartment and, oh, he's gone now. He left. So if you're going to do it, do it like a, mom, like a man. Go talk to Marty. Go talk to Todd. Go talk to the brothers and let them know this is your decision. But hey, if this is your decision, I respect your decision. And it doesn't mean we're not going to be friends. And so he was just you know, kind of looking at me like, basically I was telling him, well, if you're going to go, go. And I said, but, but you're not going to leave. You know you're not going to leave. So if you know you're not going to, why are you goofing around with asking whether you should go or not? He's like, yeah, that's true, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. That was the end of it. But, you know, it was that question is like, are you, you know, think it through. Yeah. Think it through. So many of us make decisions that are so crucial and so important like this. Yeah. Eternal consequence yet we do not think it through and so we find a situation here in the life of Jesus where there's a pregnant pause you know Jesus pauses his, his message he pauses his sermon and he looks over to his disciples and says you don't want to leave too do you you're not thinking about hitting the unfollow button as well 
Are you? And it's really a dramatic moment. And this is one of those moments where Peter actually says a brilliant thing. You know, we've talked about Peter saying dumb things. Well, today, Peter said a brilliant thing. And it's really, he, he asked a question that I really would hope that I could stick in everybody's mind and everybody's heart today. That for those moments or those times where you actually are tempted to hit the unfollow button, that you would ask this question before you do that. That if you can have it in you for those moments, because there are going to be those moments that you can actually ask this question. And the Bible says in John 6, verse 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You know, Jesus, Jesus asked, hey, you guys are not thinking of leaving too, are you? Peter doesn't say, no, no, we, we're not thinking that at all. Yeah, you know what? I think we, we've thought about it. We thought about it. But in thinking, Jesus, to whom shall we go? See, Peter recognized something that most of us don't. And we don't know until it's too late. That when you choose to unfollow Jesus, you choose and we choose to follow something else. And really the question is, if not you, Jesus, who? If I'm not going to follow you, Jesus, then who am I going to follow? If not this life, then what? If not you, who? If not this, then what? And so Peter's talking about considering all the options. You know, Jesus, it's uncomfortable. It's not a good situation. But in considering the options, to whom shall I go? And really, this is the issue, isn't it? There are going to be times when following Jesus is going to be difficult. There are going to be times when following Jesus is going to be inconvenient. There's going to be times when following Jesus is going to be uncomfortable or unpopular. But you got to understand that if you decide not to follow Jesus, you're actually deciding to follow something else. Yeah. Or follow someone else. You know, I remember, have, have you guys, has everybody here had a, a hero moment in their life? Yeah. A moment when you actually did something that you thought, hey, that was pretty cool. <laughs> or you thought, hey, that could, you know, that should be written somewhere, or the, you know. And, and uh, I have a couple of those moments, you know, where you kind of had a hero moment, you're like, Man, I wish somebody would have videotaped that, you know. Or I wish that they would put that in YouTube or on Vimeo or something, you know. Like, oh man, too bad there wasn't that technology back then in that day. But, you know, I had one of those moments. I was actually a really young Christian. I think I would have been, been a Christian for a, 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 about a week. And I was in the marching band. And so the marching band at UCLA was about 360 people. So it's a huge, you know, giant group of people that include the color guard, include everybody, right? And so we had all kinds of buddies and friends and people. And so, uh, you know, obviously when I started coming to church and going to church, everybody kind of found out. 
And it was kind of a big deal because obviously now I wasn't going to the parties that they all were going to. Now I was deciding I was going to go hang out with Christians and go into church. And so in my, in my uh, household where I used to live, they, stopped, they start, stopped calling me Ralph and they started, started calling me Moses. <laughs> and so at you know, the UCLA uh, band, there was kind of, they know, well, you know, Raphael, he's going to church now and the whole thing. And there was this one guy, his name was Hansel. And uh, that was his name. That was his name. Uh, he was, a, he was a, a cool Filipino guy from Northern California named Hansel. And so uh, Hansel, you know, had, was friends with some of my roommates. And so we were kind of close with Hansel a little bit, you know, and, and, and uh, with a band. So you know how you're, you're in college, you're close to people. But I mean, it's not like you're really, really close, but you're, those are your friends. So I guess if I wasn't a Christian, I would have been known. I just thought, wow, you know, these are my friends. But I became a Christian. I really found out what really being close was. And so, so Hansel comes up to me and he goes, first thing he says to me. And, and we were walking. If you could imagine, UCLA is kind of hilly. And so we're coming up, uh, down Bruin Walk, going out up uh, towards the dorms. And so kind of the, the hill goes up. And you're going by Drake Stadium. Drake Stadium's on the right. So if anybody knows a little bit of the campus, if you don't, you should go visit. It's kind of cool. And so we're, uh, we're you know, walking up there. And he looks at me and he says, first thing he says, you know, Ralph, I'm really concerned about you. I'm really concerned about you. First thing he said. And I said, oh, really? Well, why? He says, well, you know, I know you've, you've, you joined that church. And he says, and I know Todd's bad. I know him, and you know, you know that's a cult, and those people are in a cult, and you know you're you're joining a cult, and you know what? You and I, we we have the same birthday, and so I feel like God has, you know, or I feel like that we're really connected in a great way. He didn't say God, we're really connected because we have the same birthday, and he said, and you know what? That means a lot in reincarnation, and 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 I was listening to him, and I'm like, and I said, and this is where the hero moment comes in, right? Is there where I wish I had a, a videotape? So I was walking with it, walking up, and so I stopped, and I looked at him, and I said, I said, Hansel, I said, do you have anything better to offer me? I have found something that I've been looking for all my life. Do you have anything better to offer me? I said, if you don't have anything better to offer me, then I suggest you stop talking smack. Now that, you know, that's just how I said it, I, you know. And I said, and secondly, you're concerned about me? That's really condescending. I said, when have you concerned about me about, you know, other stuff? And now you're concerned, you're basically saying that I'm not smart enough to make my own decisions about my spiritual life? And so he was like, whoa, you know. <laughs> and that was the end of the talk right there. That was kind of one of, that was the hero moment right there. But you know, it's like, to whom shall I go? Do you have anything better? Is there anything better you got for me? And it's really considering the options. And you know, we kind of hear Peter as he speaks, kind of a thought process. You know, he says, To whom, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. You know, Jesus, before I followed you, I was just a fisherman. I was just fishing with my family. We're all fishermen. And I know what that's all about. If I stop on you, I know what going back to fishing is all about. I know what that was all about. 
Yet being with you, now I'm part of something that's much greater. I'm part of something that's eternal. I'm part of something that began as a creation. And I'm part of this incredible narrative. I have this incredible purpose. I have a reason to live. And you know what, Jesus? I will will rather have a reason to die than live for no reason at all. And so Peter is thinking through here. You know, you and I, if we've decided to follow Jesus, we've been invited to something incredible. We're part of something that's purposeful, something glorious. Something that's eternal. This is not just about being part of a cool little church that meets in Gabrielino High School in the middle of a theater, you know, and a gym. They're going to have a cookie reception. (laughs) We're part of something incredible. Something great. Something that involved miracles. Something that involved raising the Son of God from the dead. And so Peter's saying, hey, you have the words of eternal life. To whom shall we go? You got to understand that if, if you hit the unfollow button to Jesus, you're taking a step down. If you don't follow Jesus, you're, going, you're taking a step down. From greatness, from great things. And so Peter understood that. And he knew that. And Peter understood something that maybe some of us don't think about. Is that if you've ever been tempted to unfollow Jesus, and if someone ever does, there's going to come a time in their life when they think and they say, you know what, I wish I could go back to that time and not have done that. I wish I could go back to that moment, to that instant, and not press the unfollow button. But guess what? We don't get to do that. Now, you could always return. But you don't get to go back to that time. You don't get to erase that whole period of time. After you lived your life. After you unfollowed Jesus. You know, he he goes on. He says, uh, we have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. If not Jesus who? If not Christianity, what? And so this is such an important question that Peter brings up here in this moment. I mean, this is an incredible moment, really, in the ministry of Jesus. Because many of his followers unfollowed him. And Peter gives us this question that I think is important for all of us to have in our hearts, in our minds, is to whom shall I go? To whom shall I go? You know, uh, times of transition, temptations, and trouble create questions. You know, maybe you're in college and your university professor just taught a lecture about God not existing. And you're doubting and you're wondering, you know what, does God really exist? And, and, and let me just say something, your college professor, he's a great person, I'm sure. And he's probably, most likely, probably 100% smarter than you are. 
But that doesn't mean he's wider than you are. And that doesn't mean he's wiser than you are. And you know, a lot of times we can get tripped up by things that people say and, and, and things that are, are, are you know, put on a video or things that, are, that are, you, you read and, oh, I saw this documentary and it totally disproved Jesus and it totally disproves the Bible and, oh, that, that's great. That's awesome. Have you really looked into it? You know what's amazing to me is for some of us, how difficult it is for us to accept the words of the Bible and of God. But how easily we accept something that's written on Facebook or that you see on YouTube or that you see on a magazine. Is that incredible? I mean, you bring out the Bible. It's the word of God. It's actually been, you know, uh, uh, proven true in the sense of, uh, of faithful to the original documents. It actually has a great example of people's lives changed because of it. And you read it and you sense truth coming out of it. You know, you just see truth. And you're like, oh, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know if I can believe that. It's like, hey, did you hear what I just, did you hear that? Right. Hear what? Oh, this and this and that. Really? Where'd you hear that? Facebook. Really? <laughs> Who posted that? Oh, some friend of a friend of a friend. But man, I mean, do, can you believe that? <laughs> oh, did you see that documentary or did you see that video? No, you know, wow. Yeah, you know, it's incredible. Really? Great. But you know what? There are going to be times where you're going to be tempted. You're going to have questions in your mind. But you know what? It's a mistake to step away without you actually thinking through. And just because you don't know the answers in the moment of life that you find yourself doesn't mean that there are none. It just means you don't know them yet. You, know, you can ask yourself, you know, why am I going through this? Why is this going through right now? Maybe you don't have the answer right now. Yeah. <coughs> but that doesn't mean there isn't an answer. And that doesn't mean that you're not eventually going to have it. You know, some of us have gone through difficult times in the past. And now you look back and you say, wow, you know, now I know. That's right. Now I know why I went through that. And I'm grateful even for that. Yeah. Right? You know, that clarifying question, to whom shall I go? You know, the other thing is, considering the options brings clarity. To think through, you know, well, if not him, who? If not this, what? If I don't follow Jesus, then who do I follow? Right? If I don't... Follow Christianity or if not a Christian, then what am I going to do? What, what is going to be the result of my life if I make this decision? Amen? Amen. To whom shall I go? You know, don't make that a move until you clarify this question. Until you really think it through. You know, it's awesome when you get to look at the Bible. And you get to see instances in the Bible... That you can relate to, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is one of those instances. When we look at the Bible, where we see a moment in the life of Jesus, a moment in the life of his disciples, where, where they are questioning, they are doubting, they are thinking about, hey, should I continue? Should I not continue? Because you know what? 
We've all been there. And you know what? Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you're in that moment right now. Maybe, you know, you're here at church this morning, but it was like, man, you barely made it. And you're sitting here and you're like, man, did someone tell him? I haven't even told my wife. And you're sitting here in the moment, you're actually thinking about hitting that unfollow button. You're actually thinking, you know what? This, this is just, it's not for me. If you're in that moment, or you're ever going to be in that moment, then I want you to consider this question. To whom shall I go? Don't be so quick to step away. Don't be so quick to make that decision. Consider what you're going back to. Consider what you're deciding to follow. If not him, then who? If not then, this what? Because truly for many of us, it could be a decision that we'll regret for the rest of our lives. And you think about, well, you know, yeah, regret, that's great, but you're leading something great. He has the words of life. We've come to believe and know that what He teaches is true. You know, refusing to follow Christ can cost you everything. Choosing to follow will cost you something. There's a cost to following Jesus. And we talked about that before, right? But you got to understand that refusing to follow Christ can cost you everything. Not just in this life, but in eternity as well. And I just pray that as we finish this series, that you would choose to follow Jesus if you have not done so yet. And if you're in a moment, or you will be in a moment, when you think about hitting that unfollow button, that you consider that question and you think about to whom shall I go? Brothers and sisters, I hope you have a great rest of the Sunday. That God blesses you incredibly. You have a great holiday season. Amen.